It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Hey, this is Loudon Swain. Brent Metcalf. Tony Ramos. Ryan Shute. Mike Golick. Bubba J. Johnny Hendricks. Matthew Modine. The one and only Chael Sonnen. And you are listening to the one and only Short Time Wrestling Podcast by the often imitated and never duplicated Jason Bryant. I'm three-time national wrestling writer and broadcaster year, Jason Bryant, and I'll bring you news, reviews, previews, and interviews with the most notable names and personalities in wrestling. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app by logging on to matttalkonline.com slash listen and leave a review for the show at matttalkonline.com slash get short time. Short time is sponsored by Flips Wrestling. Share your attitude and be heard at flipswrestling.com. Now it's time, because you've always got time for Short Time. For Short Time. Once again, you know you've got time for Short Time. Episode 193, Jason Bryant here with you as always. Later on in the program, we'll be talking with the newest member of the U.S. Freestyle World Team, Zach Ray. We say newest because the word came down the pipe from USA Wrestling couple days ago that Zach Ray would replace Travel Delagnev on the men's freestyle team in 2015 competing at the World Championships in Las Vegas. So we'll talk to Zach later in the program. Fun conversation with the New Jersey native. A couple things to uh I, I guess I gotta decompress here, folks. Deep breaths. Yeah. So I left for Fargo on July 17th, came back on the 25th, so that was Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Then got on a plane. Actually, no, I got in my car, drove five hours to Green Bay to fly to Fort Lauderdale. Was at the convention for about five days. Then from Fort Lauderdale, nearly missed a connection to get to Green Bay. Had to circle over Green Bay for a couple of hours. And the reason I was flying into Green Bay and not Minneapolis, well, my family was going on, or at least my wife's family was going on vacation to the UP of Michigan. And then at the end of the week, we were going to drive down to Grand Rapids for a wedding reception. The wedding took place a couple weeks ago in Amsterdam. My, my wife's cousin, Ben, got married in Amsterdam where he lives. And uh, him and his wife uh, 
where a lot of uh, Ben's family's from is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So on Saturday night, we drove a couple hours down, checked out the reception. Uh, it was a good time. You know, I'll tell you this about living in the Midwest. I mean, there were nothing but like blue-eyed, blonde-haired kids just running around. I mean, like every kid except my daughter was like blue-eyed, blonde-haired. Like, I mean, uh, I was. I'm not making fun of my my family here, but it was a little like the children of the corn in some respects. But thankfully, my daughter has long, curly brown hair to distinguish herself from all the uh, the Dutch that runs through uh, my other side of the family. Anyway, that night uh, I had a chance to hit up a Buffalo Wild Wings in Wyoming, Michigan with Blood Round's own Tommy Baranowski. What about Tommy? That's right. What about Tommy? Had a fun conversation with him talking wrestling at a B-dubs and uh, sipping some fine beverages that were uh, Michigan flavor in fair. Anyway, enough about that. News came down. Again, the pipe. I'm going to use that terminology. I'm going to beat it to death. November 14th. You know what's going to happen. You've already read the stories. Oklahoma State coming to Iowa at Kinnick Stadium outdoors. Yes, outdoors in Iowa in November. Oklahoma State Sports Information had a chance to pick up a few comments from John Smith, and we'll take you to those comments now. We'll come back with a little bit more short time. But uh, Coach Smith worried about the warm-ups, and no, I'm not talking about those type of warm-ups. Yeah, Iowa and Oklahoma State, it's been a historical match, and it's been a match that's uh, had a lot of excitement to it. And um, We've wrestled it in the first weekend of January usually, but uh, Coach Brands called, wanted to change it to the middle of November, wanted to put it on the football field, and I said, let's do it. Um, I guess there's a lot of things that you got to think about uh, wrestling in the middle of November in Iowa, so we'll see how it goes, but uh, I'm sure if it's a little cold, we better get good warm-ups because... Uh, uh, be a little bit tougher for for all of us. And then um, tell me a little bit about the thought process of uh, you know opening the season with uh, someone like Iowa. You know it's a rarity that we open up with you know uh, one of the better teams in the country. Um, so I think uh, under the situation and and trying to create more interest, I think it's a great uh, idea, and I think uh, it'd be something that uh, will be fun. You know. Uh, Obviously, the concern is going to be the weather, um, but uh, you know I've uh, had a chance to wrestle all over the world, and a lot of gyms have been really cold. You know, so I'll just remind our guys to make sure they dress well. And it doesn't seem like he's worried at all. I mean, you know, again, the the warming up of things. Anyway, we've got new United World rankings. You can find out all the news you need to know at matttalkonline.com slash news. Sign up for the free daily email newsletter that was on a little bit of a hiatus because, as I mentioned, I was in the UP of Michigan, and it was kind of refreshing. I was disconnected. I didn't open up my computer until from Monday when I posted the Monday, the Tuesday and Thursday shows with Mike Moyer and Kathy DeBoer. And if you haven't listened to them, I highly recommend, especially Kathy DeBoer. She gives you an interesting insight from uh, the women's coaching side of things in terms of being a volleyball coach, what – you know, the Olympic sports have to deal with. I mean, Kathy was really refreshing. Her speeches at the convention were quite amazing. Has a lot of interesting insights that uh, people, if they don't have their head dug in the stand going, no, 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 would probably find pretty interesting. I actually really enjoyed that conversation with her. You can listen to that by going to matttalkonline.com slash 192. couple housekeeping things, like always. David Bray gave us a little tweet of knowledge, so I had to do some tech support if you are subscribing to this show and you have been for a while and it looks like you're 
feed stopped at like episode 187 and you're listening to this on the website, you might want to unsubscribe to the feed, delete it from your podcast app, and resubscribe by going to mattalkonline.com slash get short time. There was a technological issue when I hit, issued a redirect when I moved hosting companies, and that is probably the reason why if you subscribed after the fact, you haven't noticed any problems. No biggie, no harm, no foul. Don't worry about it. But to ensure yourself the most extreme short-time listing podcast presence and experience, you can get our app. It's free. And I say our, I mean mine, because this is technically still a one-man operation. But you can go to mattalkonline.com slash listen, and you'll see links for various places to get the show. You see them on the bottom of every show notes page where you can get it on SoundCloud, on uh, various other places like TuneIn and Spreaker, iHeartRadio. Again, the only wrestling podcast on iHeartRadio. Yes, that is true. That is factual. That is knowledge, folks. But when you go to that mattalkonline.com slash listen page, you'll see a link for the iOS app and the Android app. These are free, available in the iTunes, Apple Store, or in the Google Play Store. You can go directly to mattalkonline.com slash iOS app. That's with two Ps, iOS app for the iOS app or mattalkonline.com slash Android app, again, with two Ps, to get it directly. And then you don't have to worry about iTunes and whatnot because, uh, you know, those things are cool. It's, it's standalone show apps. So I also have them for Virginia Tech, Old Dominion, and Maryland for my other shows. And uh, speaking of David Bray, because he was the one that kind of alerted me to this, he was actually one of the guys that left us some listener feedback. Yes, left a glowing five-star review on iTunes, and you can do that again by going to mattalkonline.com slash getshorttime. That will launch your iTunes if you have it. Log in your Apple account, leave a rating, and preferably a review, because if you leave a review, I get to say your name, or at least your handle, and properly attribute to review. So... Um, that or if you you have a handle and uh, you would just want to email me at jason at bryantwrestling.com or a tweet at jason m bryant or at matt talk online i'll gladly give you your props for uh taking the time and listening to this show uh, i appreciate it everybody's feedback so again a couple more feedback things uh, david bray did leave a great review uh talking about uh, his experiences in the ai and the fact this show covers more than just division one david I had a chance to meet him when he was doing a flow coverage out in colorado springs at the dave schultz a couple years ago when i was still working at usa wrestling david thanks a lot coach purdy likes to listen on the treadmill and in the car not on the car and in the treadmill so coach purdy thanks a lot and my buddy bob zerl he does a movie podcast called i hate critics you can check it out at ihatecritics.net Bob uh, left a nice five-star review. This is somebody that I met at the New Media Expo back in April. We talked music, movies. Uh, does He listens to the show because he's, he's finding out that the guests are engaging outside of the world of wrestling. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. And if you want to, do again, leave a rating or review, go to mattalkonline.com slash getshorttime, or you can log in through your iTunes if you're listening on your desktop computer, your Mac, your PC, whatever, and you have the iTunes app. Boom. Log in. Leave a rating and review. I greatly appreciate it. Interesting tweet also that came out from this from uh, Nathan White, the assistant coach at Emmanuel College, a new Division II program, men's and women's, mind you, down in Georgia. At NWhite165 said he listened to short time. He binge listened, folks, like five straight hours of listening to me while recruiting up in North Carolina. That's just – I hope you were by yourself because uh, it, it's kind of an acquired taste. It's It really is because – uh, that or if you listen to all my shows on the Matt Talk podcast main feed where you get like 20 hours and it's broken up with bonus points by Richard Immel and on the mat with Kyle Klingman. If you can stomach that much, oh, man, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Also want to talk about feedback some more. I know this is kind of, you know, beating the drum a little bit about uh, meta and self-promotion and whatnot, but I have reinstalled the little speak pipe app on matttalkonline.com. So on the left side, you will see a little orange button that says leave feedback, leave a voicemail. So basically you can record from your computer, from your phone, and just drop uh, drop some information. If there's a question you want to ask, if there's uh, feedback, whatever you want to say, I'll get an email notified. I'll even play it back on the show, provided you are, quote, safe for work. Last thing I'm going to pitch at you is the, actually two things. You know the Fargo Almanac? This is uh, something that I sold right before Fargo. I'm still going to keep that out there. I'm going to update it within the next couple weeks. And I've made a decision on this. If you bought it once, you're going to get lifetime updates. So if you buy it through Gumroad at uh, matttalkonline.com slash Fargo Guide, you'll see the Gumroad tab to buy now. I've decided, you know, I'm not going to sell that year after year after year after year. I'm just going to keep it updated. So basically it's like a lifetime, one-time purchase. You'll get it updated as a digital file. So uh, you can buy that Fargo Almanac. I've got a, uh, about 40 names to check because when you when you put something like that out with 16,000 names in it, and you start finding things. I was looking up more data, found some errors I needed to fix, wrote them down in my nice little notebook because, again, I like writing things down to make sure I remembered. I'm like 40 pages deep in this thing and of, of changes that I need to make and different projects for short time and the other shows that are coming. But, uh, yeah, that thing is going to be for sale on the site, 20 bucks. Uh, if you listen to the show and you know the promo code, that's JB, check it out. Boom, that almanac will be updated. And whenever I make updates, you'll get automatic updates to download the new version of the file. It's like uh, it's like 200 and some pages. It's I think last count it was 214. It's going to be more when I add the team score stuff in there. And, of course, if you like the show, you like the network, you like what we're doing, you can become super awesome even more than you already are because if you listen to the show, you're awesome. If you listen to any of the Matt Talk podcast shows, you're awesome. If you're a wrestling fan, you're generally awesome anyway. But if you like this show want to be super awesome, go to mattalkonline.com slash contribute. You can make a one-time donation or a small monthly donation using Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yeah, Patreon. Making sure I'm spelling it right. And basically that's how uh, we can get some extra crowdfunding in this. It'll, it'll give me some opportunities to produce more content. And uh, periodically I'm going to be doing some drawings from those who are monthly contributors. So we just gave away a set of Flips headphones to uh, Robert Shearer. Don't worry, Robert. It's going to be in the uh, I would say the check's in the mail. It's not there yet. I just got back. So uh, I'll mail out his pair of Flips headphones that he won from buying the Fargo guide that I just mentioned. So if you want to contribute to the show and you know, be part of the, the crowdfunding that basically takes this new technology and, and makes it portable, portable on demand, P-O-D. That's where I handle the whole podcasting thing. That's what I, I'm focusing on that point. Anyway, Rambling on here, but uh, I just want to tell you that I appreciate all the contributions so far. I appreciate all the five-star reviews so far. I uh, even appreciate that four-star review. Yes, yes, I understand. It's uh, not everything's perfect, but uh, just try to have fun on this show. And coming up now, had an extremely fun conversation with Zach Ray, who, again, as we uh, mentioned and you've heard through the USA Wrestling pipe, like I said, I'm going to beat that term to death this episode Zach Ray's now on the world team. We'll talk to him about his career from New Jersey to Lehigh to now the senior world team and uh, how much further is he going to go? I mean, is he going to wrestle till he's 43? He also gives you a lot of information, maybe a little TMI, on the art of potty training. 
Now talking with Zach Ray, the newly anointed world team member for men's freestyle for the United States at 125 kilos. And Zach, this has been been kind of a, a whirlwind for you. Uh, you know, obviously Travell had won the spot at the world team trials. He had beaten you in the best of three series. Then the injury comes down. You're placed on the team, and it's also happening to be the same week. You started a Twitter account. Obviously, a lot of things going on for you right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a busy past week, and uh, yeah, I started getting notifications from the coaches that Travell might uh, might not be wrestling due to injury, and so uh, yeah, I started a uh, started a little social media. So yeah, we got that started. In case you're wondering, it's at Z underscore Ray. That's R-E-Y 125-K-G. So Z underscore Ray 125 kilograms. You're coming in, ranked 17th in the world, fresh off a Pan American Games championship. Before we get into the summer you've had so far and everything that goes along with being now on the world team, just let's go back in time a little bit. You're one of now three New Jersey natives on the uh, senior men's freestyle world team joining Jordan Burroughs and James Green. And I guess that's a little bit of pride for the Garden State now that nearly half of the team is from Jersey. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have that all come out of the great state of New Jersey. Um, yeah, New Jersey's got some great wrestling. So, yeah, I like to wrestle New Jersey when they do well, but seeing that I'm living in Pennsylvania now, I also try to wrestle Pennsylvania when they're getting some credit. So, yeah, I use, I use both of them. That's nice. Of course, I ask everybody from New Jersey that's on the show, uh, what exit? Uh, what exit off what? Yeah, turnpike, park, uh, Parkway or Turnpike. You you make the call. That's, see, yeah. that's the correct follow-up question to that. You can't just say what you exit what? and people answer you. You know what? I, uh, I'm i not a big shore guy. I go there and go down the shore every now and then with my family. I, I normally stay to Route 80, you know, if I... If I if I'm asked that question, I know people are normally asking, you know, Turnpike or Parkway. But for for me, I'm exit 28 off uh, Route 80. That's the that's what I get a that's the road I use to get around. But you know, I just just I, I don't even know. I just I follow my wife whatever she tells me to turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just follow the GPS. So now, also looking at the way this the state is situated, this is another question I ask people from New Jersey: Is it Taylor Ham or is it pork roll? And being a heavyweight, I know you've got to know what I'm talking about. I know you're talking about just because people from New Jersey get asked this. I personally don't eat it. Um, that's fake food, but yeah, I would call it Taylor Ham. But I don't, I don't eat it. My friends eat it. It's like when you get north of Princeton, that's where, you know, getting closer to the, to New York City and Long Island and whatnot, that's where that starts to be Taylor Ham, and then, you know, South Jersey and the shore, it's all pork roll. Yeah, yeah, they're more they're more like Philly, and we're more New York City. We get that, we get those rivalries a lot. South Jersey, you got the Eagles fans, the Phillies fans, up north by me, you got your Jets, Yankees, Mets fans. So what's your, what's your particular uh, sports flavor? I mean, who do you root for? Uh, well, being that New Jersey doesn't have any sports teams besides uh, the Devils, I am a Met, New York Met fan for baseball and New York Giant fan for football. Although the Giants do technically play in New Jersey, so you could claim the Jets or the Giants in that respect. They do. They do, being that, I don't know, the city can't support another big stadium. Yeah, so they, they have that over by me. That's about 20 minutes from my uh, hometown. So, yeah, Giants. Giants are New Jersey's team. 
All right, let's circle back to wrestling. I, I could, I'm sure, being a heavyweight, we could talk about food all day long. Because, uh, well, actually, let's just start with that. I mean, what are you typically walking around at? Is the cut down to 125 kilos tough? I mean, or I mean, or you got plenty of room underneath the the the, uh, the top level? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm under the I'm under the weight. I was just at the weight when it was 120 kilogram. That was 264.5. So I walk around around 265. So I, I'm I'm about a uh, you know five kilo around 10 pounds weight underneath the new weight class so obviously you got a little bit more room on these trips you're like all right yeah i I can eat a little bit more you don't have to worry about cutting weight yeah no not at all not at all especially especially when we travel out to these you know big cities like vegas and stuff it's nice to be able to eat all the food you want because normally it's some good food but same thing when you go overseas you know you're just happy to get some good food in you yeah, because that's that's few and far between. Although up at the Pan Am Games, I'm assuming Toronto in the in the region wasn't wasn't too difficult to find some food. It's good food culture, and it's obviously uh, pretty westernized. When you talk about other places you go, when you go to like you know Eastern Europe or Central Asia, you never know what you're going to be able to eat. Yeah, exactly. Toronto, we actually all the athletes at the village. We had a 24 hour a day cafeteria with some pretty good food. Maybe a little too unhealthy, but some. Some good food at that calf, and that was 24 hours. So, me and Kyle Snyder getting back from uh, the finals. We weren't getting back till real late at night, but we were still able to get into that calf and get some uh, some pizza and some other food before we uh, went to bed. But yeah, that's not the same thing to say as an over in Belarus or one of those ex-Russian countries. Yeah, you don't get that kind of service out there. Now let's, let's circle back to your high school career a little bit. You're very accomplished coming out of New Jersey. And, uh, you know, obviously it says you're all state in football. So the first question is, why did you choose wrestling over football for college? Well, at the time when colleges began to contact me, I was more successful, I guess, in wrestling. So my sophomore year wrestling, I took fourth in the state. And at that time, I started being contacted by um, good schools for wrestling uh, and college, of course. And so I just, just got my mind ticking towards wrestling and leaning towards wrestling in college. And I mean, I could have played football at a smaller school, but I'm, I don't think I'm big enough to play uh, football for big schools. I mean, I'm, you know, 6'1, 265. I'd be a lineman, and those guys, those the linemen nowadays are 6'5, over 300 pounds, so. I think I made the smart choice going to wrestling, and I personally have a little bit more fun wrestling. So, so the next question, you go, you, you've you've pretty much outlined why you like why you picked wrestling, but now why did you choose Lehigh? Well, to be honest, I Lehigh was the first school that contacted me, and John Trench was the one to do it. And at the beginning of my high school years, my freshman and sophomore year, my grades weren't exactly good. And so John Trench, when he talked to me, he told me that I would also have to get my grades up. So pretty much my junior and senior year in high school were geared towards just getting grades good enough to get me into school at Lehigh. Lehigh's a pretty uh, challenging school. So for me, I had to work my butt off junior and senior year, get some honors classes, get a good GPA boost, take the SAT a bunch of times. So once I found out that I was actually academically eligible to get into Lehigh, uh, you know, I worked, I worked, uh, you know, those past two years just to get in. So once I was able to get in, I went to Lehigh. 
So it was pretty much a sure thing. If you you had hit the benchmarks to get into Lehigh, you were going to go there. Did you entertain offers from any other schools that uh, you might have had uh, maybe not as stringent of an academic workload to try to get into? You know what? I, I took a couple visits to some. Uh, I took a visit to Hofstra University, and uh, I flew down to Virginia to go check out Old Dominion because I heard it was a very beautiful campus. But yeah, once I once I actually. Uh, thought about going to college and, you know, Lehigh has a very good reputation from where I am back home. And just, uh, I just had my mindset once I was told if I get my grades good enough that they would like me on the wrestling team. So I just worked my butt off getting there. I really didn't put too much interest into any other school. As we circle back, now that you've gone through college and, and we look at the senior-level career, how many, how much of that loss in 2012 kind of really pushes you to try to make, you know, World and Olympic teams and, and powers your senior career? You know what? I mean, I, I, I work hard regardless, win or lose, I feel. I mean, yeah, losses always snap you in a way to refocus or, you know, see where you're at in life, see what you want to do. But to me, I want to train freestyle regardless of, um, you know, taking that loss to Tony Nelson or not. At that point in my life, I was, I mean, I was about to graduate. I already had a house getting ready to train full time. Um, losing to Tony, you know, I've, I've wrestled him in practices since. I've wrestled him in a tournament since. I mean, Tony's a great guy, so I, I don't really hold on to those kind of things. He beat me. He wrestled better that day, which is fine. But, yeah, I mean, it was nice to get a win back when I wrestled him in um, in Cuba, I believe. It was nice to get that win back. But I, I, I didn't dwell or use that for sole motivation for, you know, for any time. I just went on with my life and continued. It didn't really, you know, it didn't kill me too bad. You know, so much of the emphasis on wrestling in this country centers around uh, the collegiate style and the NCAA championships. From an athlete perspective, what does it when you go through that type of thing, that grind, the eighteen thousand people watching the Nationals wrestling on that race platform live on ESPN, and then you move into the senior level where uh, obviously the, the the fan base isn't there. It's not like you know you're rooting for a Lehigh at Grace Hall, which is one of the most iconic. Venues in all of sports, regardless of the sport, or you're wrestling at Carver Hawkeye for Iowa. What's it like to now basically go through that situation where you're like, you're the guy, you're the national champ at a storied program, you got a huge fan base, and then now you've got to wrestle these guys that were were highlight matches. These were focal matches in these tournaments over your, the course of your college career, and now you're wrestling them in, in Cuba with you know who knows how many people watching. I mean, they're they're big wins, but. What does it mean for an athlete to, to kind of come from the college level and be like, wow, this would have been a really uh, this this match would have drawn a lot of fans in college, and now it's you know we're in Cuba, we're in Canada, we're in Belarus. I mean, what's it like to go through that as an athlete? Yeah, yeah, um, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I would say it's pretty uh, relatable to college wrestling, as in you know if you have two smaller schools dueling, you'll have you know not not too big of a crowd but if you have Penn State and Iowa going at it you're going to have you know 10 15,000 whatever those guys bring in and that's the same thing like when we I remember going going over to Iran for the World Cup when it was over in Tehran and uh that was probably more exciting and more intense than NCAA tournament would be because there I mean the arena was only supposed to fit I believe around 10,000 people and I think the turnout was around 15,000, so you weren't able to see any stairs, 
any walkways, and they have beating drums, and it's all men. No women are allowed in the arena. So that was the most intense um, wrestling experience I've ever had, just watching wrestling, because that, that was pretty crazy. But, yeah, you'll smaller tournaments like Dave Schultz, Sarah Plato, the Cuban tournament, there won't be too big of a crowd. But, you know, the same thing as wrestling. As you get into those areas where wrestling is more important to their culture, um, you'll see bigger crowds like going to Iran or having a tournament in Russia or Belarus or, you know, the world championship should be a great crowd. You know, you have your small crowds and your bigger crowds, so I'm used to it. And, you know, I'm excited because you have, when you wrestle those big countries, you'll normally hear their fans rooting, you know, against you. And in Toronto, that was the case. If we were to wrestle a guy from Canada in the finals, we'd be, uh, you know, being rooted against by the whole building, and I don't mind that. I was used to that from college. If you wrestle a guy from Iowa in the at NCAs, you know you hear Iowa a whole lot. So I, I'm used to it. The fans really don't get to me too much. But yeah, I, I'd say it's pretty relatable compared to international and collegiate. You have your you smaller crowds and your bigger crowds. Well, you make an interesting point to talk about the fan base because, uh, you know, there, there's a joke that kind of surrounds Lehigh a little bit about, you know, it might be one of the, the oldest fan bases in the country, but it's, it's, these are people that have been going to the matches from the sixties. Now, and I, and I compare that also to Carver Hawkeye where you have so many rabid fans, but in the United States, we don't have 50 year old men arm in arm singing for two and a half hours straight during, during a match. What do you think it would be like if great at Grace Hall, if everybody at Lehigh was sitting there like singing the fight song for two straight? hours versus uh you know banging on the uh, the, the bleachers in the uh the, the nest up there yeah we, we we do have some older fans um but they are faithful and i love them they, they've treated me very well over the years but yeah they still sing the national anthem real hard in the beginning but i don't know if they'd be screaming like those iranians there's no way yeah, I always wondered if if the Iranian culture invaded, uh, you know, State College or or Stillwater or, or Iowa City, what the what the wrestling landscape in the, in America might be. It's it's if you haven't seen the Iranians in action, folks, get the world championships because you know it doesn't matter where they're at. They're not coming from Iran to the U.S. to watch. These are Iranians all over the world that just flock to these venues. Yeah, yeah, at um at the World Cup in um in Los Angeles. They, we were wrestling Iran in the finals, and believe it or not, they probably had more fans there than we did. So when I'm wrestling their heavyweight in the finals of the World Cup in America, there's more Iran people yelling than Americans, and we got to change that. Got to change that. I agree with you 100. percent Now, well, let's let's go back to the Pan Ams. You touched on that a little bit about you know you're, you're wrestling a Canadian. Everybody's rooting for you. The Pan Am Games experience, it's an Olympic-style event. You're in a village. It's it kind of it's modeled after the Olympics. I talked to Coach Gable on another show that I do, uh, and he had talked about in 71 when he went through the Pan Am Games, it really helped prepare him for the Olympics in 72. And, uh, you know, it's a little different uh, from, from the World Championships, which you're going to go through this year in Vegas is going to be slightly different. But how much did that experience in Toronto, being in a village, being in that type of situation, like you said, the, the 24-hour cafeteria and things of that nature, how much is that going to prepare you for this drive to 2016 where you're going to probably have to go through Travel again and, and, and a whole group of talented U.S. heavyweights? Yeah, um, I'm excited because I've wrestled the past three Pan American Championships, and that to me is just another tournament. You show up, you wrestle, and then showing up to Pan Am Games, 
a whole other experience. You're just in a village with only athletes, so everybody's pretty much on the same page, what they're there for, and it's really exciting. Um, yeah, changing that over to Rio, this will be my first world championships, but I imagine it's going to be kind of similar to where, you know, this is just one sporting event at one place when we, when we get down to Rio. Um, I hear, I hear the experience in the villages are very, very fun and, uh, a great experience. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, it's a, it's a situation where the United States has always had great heavyweights. We mentioned it, but, uh, you know, and there's that string in the 80s and 90s where another New Jersey native, Bruce Baumgartner, pretty much owned the weight class. And you had guys like Tom Erickson behind him who, you know, couldn't break through and, and make those World and Olympic teams because, you know, obviously the, Bruce was so dominant. Uh, Tervel's been on every world team with the exception of the uh, the trip to Russia in 2010. And he's been in a medal match every year he's been at the Worlds. So when you look at a guy like Tervel, as the guy to beat to try to make a team. And then there's, you know, there's a ton of talented heavyweights around you. It's not just, you know, it's not just you and him. You've got to worry about everybody. How do you stay focused in, in, in trying to prepare for an opponent? I mean, do you train specifically for, uh, you know, uh, to, to beat Travell or do you try to make sure that these other guys are, are right there with you? Well, yeah, we have, we have a great uh, group of guys at heavyweight for the U S a lot of great guys, and a lot of great wrestlers. Um, you know, just thinking of the top five, you got, you got uh, Tyrell Fortune, who's beat me in the past. Very athletic, very explosive, great wrestler. Gwizdowski, I don't need to say anything about him. He's great. Multiple-time All-American national champ. He's going to be a stud. Don Bradley, world champ. And then you got me and Travell. And you know how good Travell is. He's one of the best in the world. So, you know, him being injured, me getting the bump, you know, that's going to help me in confidence wrestling these big tournaments. And, uh, First time I wrestled Travell was back in 2008 Olympic trials, and he got me there, of course. And then since then, I feel like I've been closing the gap a little bit. Just you know, Travell is great offense. So yeah, when I when I'm planning on wrestling Travell, I absolutely have to uh, not just train for him, but watch video and know what to expect while I'm wrestling him because I can't just scout for. Travell, as you know, how good the other guys are. But I can just, you know, follow his tendencies and just work on those and, you know, get used to his habits and what's going to happen in a match. So, yeah, we've been uh, we've been seeing Travell a lot lately, and I feel like I've been closing the gap on him. He's a great wrestler. He's a great person. But, yeah, my goal is uh, to beat him right out, uh, beat him out right next year. Now, there's also a little bit of added pressure with this being the year before the Olympics. The World Championships is the first qualifier to get the nation into the Olympic Games, and it's not the athlete that qualifies for the Games. It's the athlete qualifying the weight class for the respective nations. So a little bit of added uh, added pressure on you. Obviously, first Worlds, and it's you know, you're going to be looked to the you know, USA Wrestling and the USOC is looking, all right, got to make sure you get in that medal match. I mean, uh, you know, Obviously, the plan is to win a world championship now that you have the opportunity, but are, are there incremental goals that you want to hit throughout the course of this, or is the world championship the only thing that's in your mind right now? Yeah, I, I, I'd be pretty selfish. I don't, I don't really care about anything but the world championships right now. We have a great group of guys at heavyweight. Well, the weight will get qualified one way or another. Um, I, I, I can't think about that right now. Right now, I'm just concentrating on winning a world championship, and that's all I care about. We had a little bit of this a uh, couple years ago when when there was the broken ankle incident with Jordan Burroughs, and you know they were getting you know Dake was told to be ready. 
from a, you know, from the moment you lost at the trials to now, when you you found out, obviously you had a little bit of lead time that he uh, Travell might pull out. What was the training like for you? How does the national team work with the number two and three guys in these situations? I mean, what was the process like for you from you know Madison until now? Well, yeah, this, it doesn't happen so often. I I honestly can't even remember a time where the number one guy has been hurt and not actually been able to wrestle at the World Championships or Olympics. Did happen in but, Greco uh, in 2011 with uh, Andy Bisick and Jake Fisher. That's the only time I can remember it happening. Well, and yeah, in, in yeah. Greco again, Harry Lester and uh, Ellis Coleman in Budapest. But on the freestyle side, yeah, it's it's few and far between. Yeah, I, I knew of the Greco ones. I just hadn't remembered anything that actually happened in freestyle. Well, for me, you know, as, as I said, losing or I, I train year-round. I don't just train for a specific competition. So um, we knew in the World Cup that Turbo's back was pretty bad. And then after after the World Team Trials, um, I found out that it was, you know, hurting them pretty good. And then I got popped in right at the last minute for the Pan Am games. And that, that was really a time where me and my coaches actually thought that it was a possibility that I'd be wrestling in the world championships. And then I got the call from Bruce, our coach, not too long ago, and he told me I'm in. So uh, it's not that I wasn't training. It's just now my training has to pick up. You know, I was I was training pretty hard, but now that I have the opportunity to wrestle at the world championships, it's, it's good go time. Yeah, what's the training situation like for you at the Lehigh Valley Wrestling Club, formerly known as the Lehigh Valley Athletic Club? Obviously, uh, you know, the Lehigh presence is there, but, uh, you know, what's the freestyle coaching situation like for you there, and where are you getting your training? Currently, um, currently uh, Jeff Buckner, our head coach, he's a great coach. He travels with me all around the world. He helps us get better every day. And right now he's actually either at the Olympic Training Center or headed down to – coach Joey McKenna down at the Junior Worlds in Brazil, so good luck to Joey. But yeah, I, I have another NCAA champion, David Zabritsky, heavyweight out of Iowa State, who I have the ability to train with. And then Lehigh Valley, I mean, we've got a bunch of colleges around us, so not only do I get to work out with Dave and the Lehigh guys, but we have a bunch of colleges around us that gives me the opportunity to travel a little bit, have guys travel to me and you know train, so I, I just got back from Penn State training out there. I go I go wherever I need to to train. If we have our college guys going home for a little bit, I need to find some partners. I have I have opportunities, but yeah, LVAC takes care of me and gets me the guys I need for the most part. And, you know, the life of a national team member for USA wrestling, we're traveling so much that, you know, we have the ability to work out with great guys at home, but how often we're actually at training camps or in foreign country working with the best guys in the world. You know, I, I have all the opportunities and tools that I need to get better and win a world championship. So following 2016, how, how much further are you going to go? Are you going to make a push through 2020? Because if my math is right, you'll be 31 in 2020. Well, that hasn't been decided yet. If I win, when I win the world this year and then win the Olympics next year, Maybe. Um, but as of right now, I think I'm going through 2020. So outside of wrestling, what was, what was the, you know, post wrestling career goals for Zach Ray? 
outside of wrestling or within wrestling? Yeah, well, outside of wrestling. I mean, are you looking to go? Were you looking to go in coaching? Were you looking to put that? Uh, apparently, it says Earth and Environmental Science degree. Yeah, that's right. Earth and Environmental Science degree with a business minor. Um, tell you the truth, I ha- haven't really thought. I don't really need to think too far ahead right now. Right now, my uh, my goals are wrestling and being a great husband and father. And for me, that's great right now. Um, see, I, I don't exactly know how far I'm going to train. I don't know if I'm going to be done at 2016, if I'm going to train through 2020 or 2032. I don't really know right now. Um, so I'm just going to take that day by day. But, I mean, coaching coaching could be interesting if the right if the right um, job opportunity presents itself. But to me, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm honestly not looking that far on the road right now. I'm just wrestling and hanging out with my family. Now I'm I'm trying to do some quick math. You said 2032, and Jess, that would put you at 43, if I'm uh, not mistaken. So uh, you're, you're trying to trump Bruce for longevity there. I see. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, beat out Bruce with all his medals. So I mean, I gotta get I gotta get into the Olympic tournament to even think about catching Bruce, and you know, to try to be the best heavyweight in U.S. history. That, that that's what I have to do. Now, a lot of people ask this about, uh, you know, wrestlers when they get done with the international scene or college scene. Is, is MMA ever ever entered the, the fray or the, the idea for a, a post-wrestling career type of uh, situation? You know what? I, I played with the idea in my head for like 30 seconds. Um, I, I remember after I won the NBA tournament in 2011, some, some, some website made a post about a bunch of wrestlers that could transition into MMA real quick. And I made the list, but there's no way because one time uh, me and my former coach Steve Mako, training partner, he once he started getting into fighting, I went over to his gym with him, and he punched me in the face with a boxing glove on, and then I right there took mine off and said, "Yeah, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like the idea of getting punched in the face and you know having to do it as a sport and for a job. The only times you know, not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not into fighting much, so." Not not my cup of tea. What what about the wonderful world of professional wrestling? Because uh, you know, there's there's these WWE talent scouts that scour all the college tournaments for it and uh you know, they're looking for athletic heavyweights. They are. They are, that's the rumor. And I, I, I know some guys getting into that. But um yeah, as I said, I, I'm uh, I'm married with two kids and to live that lifestyle you have to be on the road like eighty percent of the year and I'm a homebody. I like to sit on the couch with my daughters and wife, so yeah, that lifestyle won't suit me well. So how old are your kids? I have two daughters, uh Emma and Zoe, they're three and two. Okay, so uh, my daughter just turned three about a month ago, so we're probably going through the same stuff. Any tips out there for for young parents and dealing with potty training? Because man, that is a real literally a pain in the butt. Yeah, you got to find yourself a really, really great wife because I got that I, one checked off. That's for sure. Well, then you have to. I mean, for me, being that I'm traveling so much, I kind of just be like, "Well, babe, I hope she's pie trained when I get back." And I shut the door, and then I'll come <laughs> home. And... We've been doing some bribery with some M and M's. Yeah, yeah, that could do it. No, my my first daughter Emma, she's pie trained. My my younger one isn't yet. We haven't started yet. Uh, but, yeah, we do the sticker method. We have a uh, potty chart. 
Oh, we've Sorry, got three of them now. We've got. Well, what are you, what are your incentives? This is what I want to know. This is you know what? Hey, if you guys listening at home want to hear him talk about wrestling, humor me. I'm I'm curious. I'm on this parenting thing. So even right. though you're younger I'm than not, me, we, we can trade ideas. That's right. I'm not just a wrestler. All right. So everybody stop being so mean to me. I feel. Um, yeah, we do we do the frozen stickers. The daughter does the polish, does it well. So get so get to pick a sticker off of you know a sticker page and put it on our on our potty chart. And we went through a bunch of pages covered in stickers, and now for the most part, our eldest is potty trained well. Yeah, we've got one where we every ten there's like an incentive. Like okay, you we get to go get a little ice cream cone from DQ or you get new nail polish from whatever. It's like it's I mean I'm the only guy in the house, so yeah, I guess you can totally relate. So I mean. Is Absolutely. is you know how many times do you think that a, a big hulking human being like yourself has to say potty and try to come off like yeah I'm, I'm still a man? You know what? For maybe that might be what others think, um, but my friends know me as um, the guy laying on the couch with his daughter's cuddling, um, and that's what I do. I don't care what people think. I'm not the big hulking. I lay I lay on the ground on the carpet and let my daughters walk all over me and hang out me that's that's my daily routine um but yeah i'm very comfortable taking care of my daughters i don't i don't mind anything talking with zach ray 2015 u.s world teamer in men's freestyle 125 kilos currently ranked 17th in the world and in the time we've got left zach we'll talk about that world ranking obviously rankings are in in the international level a little different than they are at the collegiate level there's a you know fewer events the one-off events don't tend to count but uh, you know how much do you guys look at it from an athletic perspective be like all right cool there's world rankings but do you like i'd be like wait a minute i beat that guy and that guy and that guy is it serve as an incentive or is it just something there that uh, you know, more for the for the fans and the media to to basically pine over. You know, for them to try to rank the amount of great wrestlers that are in the world, it's really tough because unless you're wrestling a whole bunch, it's easy to fall out or you know just get forgotten about or be very good in the sport of wrestling. Um, yeah, the I have currently ranked seventeenth. Yeah, I think uh, there's multiple guys ahead of me. I know the number. 10, there's, I think the number 10 guy I beat in Belarus a couple months ago. So, yeah, I don't think too much into him, but I do like that, that they recognize me on the list because I do I do travel and compete a lot and have some success. So I appreciate being on there, but, uh, you know, it's, only, it's, it's up to me to change that ranking, and I have a good tournament coming up to change that. And the final final thought, basically, we give you kind of an open forum to say uh, anything to anybody out there, whether it be the wrestling fans that come to Vegas, friends, family, coaches, open forum for Zach Ray to speak your piece. Yeah, uh, what I'd like to say is for that we need more USA wrestling supporters in Vegas than any other country. We should have USA chants going on all throughout any USA wrestler on the map. Every wrestler wrestling for the USA should feel your presence there because that will help us, and we really appreciate all the support. So come on out to Vegas and support your, your country, and thanks for coming. The Short Time Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by Flips Wrestling. Share your attitude and be heard at flipswrestling.com. Like what you hear on Short Time? Drop us a rating and a review on iTunes by going to matttalkonline.com slash getshorttime. This 
show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.